You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, let's not be in a hurry to sit down. Let's just lift up, you know, prayers for our nation before we sit. Hallelujah. Amen. You can put uh, Nahum chapter 1. I have um, amplified open before me, but I, I think I just want to take it from God is at work. Amen. Amen. You know, God said to Abraham, your descendants shall be slaves in a foreign land. For 400 years, and it says it is until the iniquity of the Amorites are full. I think that the iniquity of the Amorites are full concerning our nation. And if they're not full, we're going to cry to the Lord for mercy. Amen? Amen. So the first prayer we're going to pray for our nation is, Lord, mercy. You see, I don't know about you. Amen. You know, that... When I got born again, I have said this all, you know, several times here. I heard prophecies concerning Nigeria. How many heard that you know, many years ago? And this is not what they told us will happen. They told us that the last day revival is going to spread from this nation to all the nations of the earth. Okay, that's not what we are saying. And the Bible makes us understand that the word of the Lord must surely come to fulfillment. So we're going to lift up our voice and say, Lord, we hold on to your word. If in any way, Lord, we have missed it, have mercy on us. But let your good word concerning Nigeria come to fulfillment. Let not the wicked prevail over us. Let not the plot of the wicked come to fulfillment. Lord, arise for us. Save our nation. Deliver us from the plot of the wicked. There is a plot. There is an imagination. But the Bible says when the enemy comes against us like a flood, it says the Spirit of the Lord shall raise a standard. Tonight we are going to our God, the one who hears, the one who answers prayers, the one who is omniscient. He who sees all things, comprehends all things, understands all things. And we're saying, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Many trust in chariots. Many trust in AK-47. Many trust in the things that they have plotted and they have planned. But we will remember the name of the Lord. We will call upon the name of the Lord. Your name is Jehovah. Your name is the mighty God. Your name is El Gibor. You are El Shaddai. You are Elohim. Lord, we worship you. We proclaim you God over this nation. We lift up our eyes unto you. And will say thus far and no more. In the name of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Where we have contributed. We lift up the blood. Let the blood speak mercy. Let this blood speak mercy. Let the blood speak mercy. Lord have mercy O Lord. Let our ears no longer hear such news. Let your deliverance be seen. Let the peoples fear you. Let it be said on the streets of this nation. Have you heard what the God of the Christians have done? Have you heard what the Lord has done? Oh Lord, mercy, we pray for. Mercy, oh Lord. Mercy, 
and upon the wicked if they will not repent oh lord judgment in the name of jesus lord mercy oh lord mercy mercy for your namesake oh lord for the glory of your name your word says i shall leave the knowledge of the glory of the lord shall cover the earth as the waters clothe the sea lord these people are trying to cover nigeria with shame we refuse that shame will not cover nigeria we refuse that darkness will not cover nigeria we refuse that wickedness will not prevail in nigeria we say oh lord we have a name the name that conquers the devil the name that puts to fly the armies of the wicked that name is jesus we raise the banner of our lord and savior jesus we say in the name of the lord we put up oh lord father light and we say light we say life we say peace we say love we say unity we say no more destruction no more death no more the prosperity of the wicked no more oh lord the accord of the wicked holding put them in derision oh lord your word says why do the hidden rage and the people plot a vain thing against the lord and against his anointed lord you promised us that you that sit in heaven will laugh lord laugh at them put them in derision even in this season oh lord put confusion in their midst let their wise men oh lord go mad drive their diviners mad let them grapple in the day let them lose their sight oh lord god almighty you are the same god who delivered israel from egypt we have no power we have no might against this one but you are the same deliverer you say when we call upon you you will answer us when we lift up our hands you will lift us up lord the people of nigeria the masses the weak oh lord the christians the innocent amongst us we say lord have mercy have mercy lord have mercy lord the heathen are saying where is your god they are mocking us they are laughing at us but lord we lift up our eyes to you we lift up our eyes beyond the hills our eyes are beyond the hills beyond the security services beyond the leaders beyond the politicians our eyes are lifted beyond the hills from where our help comes from our help comes from jehovah who made the heavens and the earth lord every man breathing in nigeria they have their breath because you gave it to them the oxygen they are taking belongs to you so lord you can deliver us drive them away let the wicked melt from nigeria let the wind over this nation blow them off as staff you are the mighty god you are the mighty god Lord, your word says you sent one of your angels and he took care of 185,000 soldiers in one night. Lord, tonight is enough. One of your angels in one night. Lord, you are the same God. These people have written to us, oh Lord. They wrote to Hezekiah. Hezekiah took the letter and showed you. Lord, tonight we are reporting the letter they wrote. They, they, they imagine to say your church should not gather. 
How dare they mention the name of the Lord? Oh Lord, hear! Oh Lord, see and arise and arise. Kila boja katatata bose talada dada e kalada dada dada boshe katabuza dada dada masoje gedada hehe le goshe galagadada bakatoko logorodo banda banda ah Lord God the house made the heavens and the earth by Thy great power. Ah, Lord God, made the heavens and the earth outstretch and they stood difficult for thee. Nothing is stood difficult for thee. You are the great and mighty God, great in cancer. Absolutely nothing, nothing is to be called for thee. Our Lord God, made the heavens and the Nothing is to be called for thee. Great and mighty God, great in counsel, mighty indeed. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Hallelujah. We're not just singing. I want you to believe every word you're declaring. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're thinking. But I know my God is the true God. I know he is the same God. I know he is the God that acted to deliver nations. I know he is the one that says, shall a nation be born in one day. Nigeria can be changed tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. We are talking about the God who made the heavens and the earth. And not one thing is difficult for him. Not the bandits, not Fulani headsmen, not Boko Haram, not the wicked, corrupt leadership of Buhari. Not one of them is difficult for him. He can bring a change tonight. He can bring a change tonight. Are we ready? So let's declare it. Be gone for me. 
As we are declaring nothing, I want you to see the new things were nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You are the great and mighty God. Great in cancer, mighty indeed. Mighty indeed. Nothing. One more time, our Lord God. Was made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens by thy Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing is to Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Nahum, from verse 1, it says, The burden against Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the El Koshite. It says, God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. And he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger. We've seen it. He's been patient. The Lord is slow to anger. But he says, and great in power. And will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry and dries up all the rivers, Bashan and Camel and Wither, and the flower of Lebanon wields. The mountains quake before him, the hills met, and the earth heaves at his presence. Yes, the world and all who dwell therein. Verse 6 says, Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire. And the rocks are thrown down by him. Seven says the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Two things are in that prayer. We're going to lift up a protection for the righteous in this nation. And judgment for the wicked. We don't know how he's going to do it. But we say let according to this word. He says the Lord is a stronghold. Nigeria is in trouble. But the Lord is a stronghold. The righteous run into him and they are safe. We are saying the church will cease to be mocked. The church will cease to be attacked. We don't know how, but the church of Jesus Christ will be built. It will advance. It will march on. 
according to the word of the Lord. And the enemies of the church and the enemies of Nigeria shall receive of the wrath of the Lord. They shall experience of the indignation of the Lord. Open up your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, we pray protection. We pray mercy upon the innocent, upon the righteous, upon the church, upon the weak, upon the people of this nation who are not party to this plot. And amongst the plotters, O oh Lord, we pray according to your word that you, O oh Lord, avenge. Take vengeance on your adversaries. These men that have sat down and plotted how to wipe away your church, how to take over this nation, how to bring pain and sorrow. Oh Lord, look from heaven, oh Lord, and say, thus far and no more. Arise, oh Lord. Arise, oh Lord. Hey, kabo shegadadada. Le sota dadadada. Masola gadadada. Who can stand before your indignation? Who can endure the fierceness of your anger? Our God, the mighty God, the awesome God, wonder-working God. Hey, Lord, you taught very lesson. Even Leviathan, the sea scripture, you said you put a hook in his mouth. Lord, who is that strong man that has risen against that nation? Lord, put a hook in their nostrils. Ah, Let them be looked at, O oh Lord. And let the people say, Are these the ones that have troubled Nigeria? Lord, lose the belt of their loins. Put them in confusion. Nothing is too difficult for you. Lord, the best of our imaginations are too small for what you can do. You are God. Your name is Jehovah. You do mighty things. You do wonderful things. You do miraculous things. You do awesome things. Have your way in this nation. Nothing is too difficult for you. You are the great and mighty God. You are great in cancer. You are mighty in power. Your works are mighty. That we know very well. Generation to generation. You have shown yourself mighty. You have shown yourself strong. You have shown yourself sovereign. You are set apart. You have no mate. You have no contemporary. You have no one where you move to say stop. <laughs> That's why we are asking you. Arise, O oh Lord. Arise in this nation. Arise in our country. Let the prosperity of the wicked cease. Let the villagers be able to farm. Let the travelers be able to travel. Let the businessmen be able to do their business. Let the workers end their wages. Let the lecturers be paid. Let the students go to school. Hey, Kabababa. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior. Jehovah is your name. 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 Jehovah is your name.
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior. Great in battle. Jehovah is your name. Lord, we call upon you. Your children call upon you. He said, call on me. In the day of trouble. Lord, we are calling on you. Because our nation is in trouble. Say, oh Lord, arise. Oh Lord, arise. Ah, for your name's sake, arise. For posterity's sake, arise. That the heathen might know that the most high God rules. Arise. Arise tonight. Arise now. Arise and save us, O Lord. Arise and deliver us. Arise and confound the wicked, O Lord. Arise and put them in confusion, O Lord. Arise and heal our land, O Lord. Arise and set the captives free. Lord, we thank you. Lord, you said we are not like the Gentiles. We have a father. We have come to our father. We have cried out to our father. And we say thank you. Because you know you've heard us. For we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Let's take our seats and... Okay, on Sunday, we had the Lord speak to us from um, Matthew 26. And what was key for us from that uh, chapter, or from the text, was our Lord Jesus, when he said in verse 41, speaking to Peter and um, the rest of the disciples, he said, 40 says, what, could you not watch with me one hour? He said, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Part of what we learned on Sunday is that our Lord Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. Praise God. So because Jesus is the truth, he will not tell you anything that is not the truth. Praise the Lord. And he will not also keep from telling you the truth. Because when you withhold truth... You've not said the truth. That's why in court, when people swear, they say this thing I'm about to say is what? The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So, it's not some part of the truth withheld. And not anything added to the truth. And that's why we started from where he said to them, All of you will be made to stumble. A nice man will not tell them that. Because that's going to put their countenance down. But because it's the truth, he had to tell them. To prepare them. Okay, praise the Lord. So our Lord Jesus would always tell us. And if you read your Bible with open heart, with sincere heart, you're going to see the key things, the important things the Bible charges us to be concerned about. And I'm telling you, if you do that, your Christianity will be a lot easier. But you see, if you read your Bible with a mindset of where you jump and pass and jump and pass and pick scripture and pick scripture, in which case you have avoided some of the truth. You're going to find out that you run a, a Christian race that will have a lot of disappointments and frustrations. Okay? But our Lord Jesus laid everything bare. He said to them, you'll be made to stumble. 32, he said to them, but after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee, which means 
You're going to stumble, but you'll rise again. Praise the Lord. You're going to be tried. Okay? The righteous is going to be tried. So, he said this to them. And he said, let us pray. 36 says, he said to them, let's go and pray. Why? Because the provision we learned for the Christian journey to make it through trials is what? Prayer. You know? I don't know how else to tell you that. But prayer is too essential. Indeed, you know, any moment you take your Christianity seriously, what you're going to find out is that you will see your need to pray. The reason we don't see the need to pray is that we've not taken our Christianity what? Seriously. Any one of us here, if you are told in your office or in church or anywhere, Ah, you're a Christian. You say, right. You say, please, you're going to speak to us about God for 30 minutes tomorrow. Will your schedule remain the same? What are you going to do? Now, it's because you don't know that whether they tell you to speak for 30 minutes or not, your life is on examination every day. That's why you're not praying. Are you with me? You see, I'm going somewhere this evening and I pray that it will be brief so because of our time. Our Lord Jesus is such a master. Look at what he said in that 41. Let's read it together. He said to them, he says, watch and pray so that you will tell people you prayed. No. Watch and pray lest you would enter into temptation. Know that. Because that, that's why here we don't, you know, tell some people say we pray 10 hours, we pray this. There's a danger in that. Because our Lord Jesus Christ didn't say watch and pray so you would have watched and prayed. You understand what I'm saying? He said, watch and pray, lest you do what? Enter into temptation. So, you're praying to achieve something. You're praying to have victory over something. When you get that understanding, you pray. But when you think it's for record keeping, I can hold my breath for 10 minutes. You can hold your breath for 2 minutes. I can hold my breath longer than you. Hallelujah. No, that's not what it is. Because if you look at Peter now... He said to him, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Now, Peter, from verse 69, I, I won't read all of it, you, you know the story, to 75. That whole experience Peter had, prayer would have delivered him. He would not have had it. He would not have been re- on record that Peter denied Jesus. I told us when we re- read the passage on Sunday. It was prophesied, you know, from, I, I think it was Micah, one of them, that said, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. He didn't say one of them would deny him. That was to be provided and covered up by prayer. But the time Peter should take caution to begin to pray, Peter was boasting. And somebody might listen to me and say, Pastor, I don't boast. I just, you know, I know I'm not a gingim Christian. No, the moment you don't pray, you're claiming strength. Prayer is an expression of weakness. It's saying, I need help. I can't face tomorrow on my own. Is someone getting it? I cannot carry out this assignment with my own strength. So I pray. So Peter, when they said to them, all of you are going to be made to stumble. All of them should have started saying, Lord, help me. Let me not stumble. In which case, you see they will stumble, but it will not be something that will be recorded. But because Peter's own was extreme, he went to the extent where he cursed in the process. And look at the result. Verse 75 of that text. It said, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you deny me three times. And what now happened? It said, He went out and what? Wept bitterly. A lot of our weeping 
can be saved if we pray. Are you with me? It's not that trials won't come, but we will not weep. It says, watch and pray lest you enter. The picture the Holy Spirit showed me is that temptation is like where you're walking and there are ditches. So if you pray, you see the ditch, what do you do? You avoid. Or if it's the one that you can gently go inside and come out. But when you don't pray, it will trip you. Prayer doesn't remove the temptation. It makes you conquer the temptation. It gives you victory over the temptation. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So I, I'm saying this to, to, go, you know, to, to lay a foundation for something I want us to take you know, home this evening. We often mistake you know, Christian activity, as important as, as it is. That's why we're trying to explain this. With becoming like Christ. Now, prayer is Christian activity. But the reason I pray is so that I be like Christ. So you realize that when you're desired, that's why I said if they asked you to preach or to speak 30 minutes, you're going to pray. Because you don't want to stand before your colleagues in the office and read uh, network news for them. Am I right? You want to put up a good show. So what you see is that when you see a demand, it immediately makes you what aware that you need a supply. Prayer is for supply. Prayer is not an end. That's why it says, watch and pray. What? Lest you do what? Enter. So you're not watching and praying to stop there. I'm watching and praying to survive or to win over something. Okay? So prayer and the rest of Christian activity, coming to church is Christian activity. Singing is Christian activity. All of those things are Christian activities. Okay? They are not the end in themselves. The purpose of all Christian activity is to make you and I become like Christ. Are you with me? So the Bible says we are all lively stones being built upward a spiritual house. Because you see, a stone is not really useful. But a house, people dwell in it. People find shelter in it. So with the number of Christians and churches we have in Nigeria, if we get it right... All our Christian activity will produce what? Christ-likeness. And Nigeria won't be the same. But what we have is that our Christian activity ends as Christian activity. So we have programs and they end as programs. We have programs, we have themes, we have, you know, turnover. We make a lot of noise. And at the end of the program, at the end of all of that, what we have, we've just had activity. The reason is that the people who are coming for these programs don't know the reason or the people who are organizing it are not organizing it for a reason. They are organizing them as an end. You see, if you go for a show, for a musical show, the whole purpose of the organizers of that show is to what? To make you have a good time. Now, unfortunately, attendance at church has become to make people have a good time. Programs are arranged to make people have a good time. It was a good seven-day program. It was a good 50-day program. It was a good summit. Now, all of that is activity. That's not where you should be going to. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, My little children of whom I travel in bed banks, until what? Christ be formed in you. Seven-day program, 50-day program are good. If at the end of the program you step out and you're not the same way before you came. Are you with me? You're transformed. That is what it's about. Now, because we don't understand this, because we get carried away, so we don't see the end, we enjoy the process. That's why people are not laying a, a demand. People are not kneeling down to pray. A few times service is over, 
and you see somebody come here or kneel down in their chair and pray. Have you seen that? Such a person is going somewhere or is coming from somewhere. They didn't just have a good service. They want to take something. I'm, I'm not saying literally you have to do that for it to show. But it shows that this person knows that I've finished two hours in church. I'm now going to face, let's take it you on your way to church. And the, you know, uh, local, maybe Babalawo in your area says, I will show you. I'm sure when you come to church that day, you won't just want to go home anyhow. That Jesus that calling, he has to go ahead of you. I get what I'm saying. Now that's what it's about. So Jesus, you know, laid that for us. He said, let you fall in. So the activity is not an end. The singing is not an end. The fellowship is not an end. It's to strengthen us. We fellowship to challenge one another unto what? Love and good work. So we come together as church. You know, we do all of that. And I see something. You see something. And we go all out and what? And are provoked to do better. Praise the Lord. Let's go to another text we looked at on, on, on Sunday. I'm running so I can just touch everything. Okay. We, we looked at 2 Timothy 3. Let's look at it and, and see what we, we find happening there now. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 says, But we know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. And they told us men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, and proud. And in verse 5, it said that we have a form of godliness, but denying its power. Let's read that verse 5 in Amplified. Verse 5 says, For although they hold a form of piety, True religion. That is what all the activities represent. You understand what I mean? He said they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. So there is a time when my activity should change my conduct. So Jesus said to Peter, watch and pray so that your conduct will change. Or rather so that your conduct will not change. So that when you stand before the servant girl, you will not say something differently from what she said before me. Is someone getting what I'm saying? If you get it, my, my job is almost done tonight. So when we read having a form of godliness but denying its power, it's having activities that don't change conduct. Having professions that don't change lifestyle. But you say the right things. You say Christian things. I believe, I believe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless you, bless you. But when it gets to conduct, it's not translating. You know, at our lunch hour fellowship today, um, our brother was sharing with us about a, a colleague in the office, a Christian, you know, a young lady who said, ah, she doesn't have time. If her husband, you know, cheats, she will cheat. Okay? That's a Christian. Now, so this person now, we don't know, you know, all the things, but she is a Christian. But you can see that the Christianity has not affected her judgment. There is no Christ-likeness to the religious activity. And that is what we learn, you know, from what we read here. It says what is going to happen is men's love will change. Why? Because what they're professing is not penetrating their conduct. You see, until it touches your conduct, it is noise. Religion is not bad on its own. It's to influence conduct. So Christian activity, a form of godliness, but becoming like Christ, that is the power. That is when we are now becoming to, to become witnesses to Christ. So all the activity is to feed 
is to supply my Christ-likeness. In that 2 Timothy 3, come down to verse um, from 13 to 16. It says, but evil men, still talking about the last days, and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise. I've seen something there. The holy scriptures for you to intimidate people. What are the holy scriptures supposed to do? They are to make you wise. So the holy scriptures are not just holy scriptures. They are not just memory verses. Memory verses are good if they change you. Not if you just, you know, regurgitate them out and just, you know, intimidate people. No. The holy scriptures which are what? Able. Which means you can have the holy scriptures and you're not wise. Which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now look at 16 again. 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Repeating itself. And is profitable for what? Doctrine. For what? Reproof. For what? For what? In righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for what? Can you see your sin supply and you're seeing the purpose for the supply? It's lack of understanding of this that makes men not to advance in Christianity. And that's what confuses a lot of, you know, us leaders. We are more, some people, you listen to them and they give you a lot of information. They give you a lot of rema. They give you a lot of revelation. But you go out, you wanted to slap somebody and you're waiting for service to over. So you go and slap the person with rema. Do you understand? But your head is full with revelation. But the Bible is saying, all scripture is given what? For instruction in righteousness, not for excitement, not for knowledge, for his sake. He said, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, which means you came into church and then by the reason of the scriptures that are coming, your heart is, they're telling your heart, you can't do that again. You might, there might have been no rema in the service, but what has happened is that you have encountered the Holy Spirit. But you can get all the rema and remain as you are. It means this is not being achieved. Is someone hearing me? It says for correction. So I was thinking this way. And I came for Get Connected. I came for a choir rehearsal. And as the brother gave the exhortation, my mind is being corrected. So the Bible, the scripture that says, do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that. It's happening. That is what it is. And when you get that understanding, you don't now put your ear just to hear. You're putting your ear to receive instruction. Either encouragement or warning or direction. And that's what Jesus was saying to them. He says, you're going to be made to stumble. That's warning. See, so let's pray. So that you don't what? Stumble the type that will lead you astray. That's it. So you come to the word of God or you come to church. You hear, this is what is happening in the world now. Now, this is what you're going to do so that what? it doesn't affect. Once you see it that way. You see, what happens, uh, you know, is this. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I remember this. I was talking with um, my son and I was telling him, I can't remember. The, we came from church, we went to the supermarket and we were asking for direction. Okay? We wanted to buy something. We didn't know where it was. So the person says, you go this way, go this way, go this way. And I was telling him, he said, now, as this man is saying, go to a way, turn left, turn right. We are listening attentively. You know why? 
Because we want to find what we are looking for. Do you understand? And you know that if you don't listen to him, you will grope. Now, if you go to church with the wrong thing to find, the word of God will never benefit you. That's why it matters what the emphasis is. If you go to church and the emphasis is on blessing, you will be blessed. The instruction for righteousness, you will not follow. The correction, you will not follow. The uh, reproof, you will not follow. Unless they tell you it's blessing. Is someone getting it here? So, you see, the end that we're looking for, which is what we're talking about here, Christ-likeness, is what makes you desire the help of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Lord told us, I think it was first Sunday, on the dependency on the Holy Spirit. It's what makes you need him. It's knowing that I can't face this thing. Listen, the, the thing that I'm going to face in the office tomorrow, this presentation, those guys are sharks. They want to eat me up. That's what's going to make you. Tell the Holy Spirit, you know that I cannot stand before these people of my own. It's the demand that is going to make you what? Go for the supply. Are you with me? Now, if you apply that all over, you're going to begin to see the scriptures make sense. Let me show you one or two things the Lord said in his word. Come with me to Isaiah 2. So we understand why we come to church and why we should come to church and what we should take from church. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. Put put it together for me please. It says the word that Isaiah the son of Ammon saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. is a scripture we all know. It says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. And shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow to you. Look at three and see what happens there. Read with me please everyone. Many people shall come and say. Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob. What is he going to do? He will teach us what? And we shall what? Is it he will bless us? The Bible said unto the people of Israel. God made known his acts, but he made known his ways to Moses. Going to the house of God is to find out how should we walk. When you find how you should walk, invariably you will walk in blessings. Do you understand? When you find out how you should walk, you will keep steady. Do you understand? That's what will make you, you know, go and forgive somebody that is just looking with such light for your trouble. And you just forgive. Why? Because you know these are the ways of the Lord. It's as simple as that. It won't bring you a blessing, unquote. But this is his way. You know if you don't forgive him or her, you're stepping out of his way. So it says we shall go so that he does what? He will teach us his ways. This is why they hid him. And this is why we are not as a church in Nigeria creating such impact. Because the ways of God we are not teaching. What we are teaching, the world is getting it. Praise the Lord. What we are advertising is, is available everywhere. Prosperity is available everywhere. Uh, hospitals are, are, are treating people. You know, uh, people with connection are giving jobs. Praise God. I was telling her sister, she should arrange visa for me. Okay, so visas, people with connection are also giving visas. So if you announce, I carry visa anointing. I carry uh, this anointing. It's available everywhere. But the ways of the Lord, the world is looking. Who will teach us his ways? We are the only ones licensed to teach his ways. 
but it's not our prime product anymore because we don't understand. Micah 4, 1, 1 and 2, the similar thing. Just, just put it for us so we, we touch it and go. Micah 4, 1 and 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow to it. Why? It says many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. What is he going to do? He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the Lord shall what? go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This is the product we have. This is the exclusivity we enjoy. So in Colossians 1.28, the Apostle Paul writing there, you know, was talking about Christ. Colossians 1.28. It says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man. How? Perfect in Christ Jesus. We are preaching Christ. We are warning men. We are teaching everybody, this is how you can be like Christ. Woman, this is how you can submit to your husband and shadow Christ in that marriage. Husband, this is how you can humble yourself. Businessman, this is how you can do business. Why? Because what we are called is go into all the world and be witnesses unto me. So my Christian activity is good. But my Christian activity, the world is not interested in it. The world is interested in seeing a wonder. They want to see a neighbor. That is not like a normal neighbor. They want to see a colleague that is not like a normal colleague. They want to see a businessman that is not like a businessman. They want to have parents that are not like normal parents. They want witnesses to Christ. So those, when I know that demand is on me, I will fall on my knees and say, Daddy, help me. Yesterday, you know, I, I quarreled with my wife. Lord, please help me. Let this type of quarrel cease. Yesterday, that my colleague did this. Lord, when I go to the office today, give me the power. Give me grace to accommodate. Let me overcome this, you know, troublesome colleague with love. Are you following now? So when we read those scriptures now and begin to see, when we now read Romans 8 and the Bible says, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He said, what shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, shall tribulation, shall this. What he's saying is this. In all the experiences we are going to have, nothing should keep us from flowing or allowing that love flow to us and flow through us. And how is it going to operate? It's Christ-likeness. That's what the world is testing for. Praise the Lord. Is somebody getting the connection now? That's all it's about. That's the sum total. That is the victory. That's the victory we win. That when they search and search and search, they say, this man, we slapped him. That, that's, that's the practical manifestation of that. If they slap you, turn the other cheek. It's not that you're a fool. It's that you just become a wonder. Do you understand? You just become a wonder. It's not that you can't speak like them. It's not that you can't argue like them. It's not that you can't, you know, bring fire for fire like them. But you are a wonder. You're, you're not allowing. Let, let's look at that Romans 8. It says from uh, 31, it says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. Or how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is also reason. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercessions for us? And he now says, who shall separate us? So like we learned when we looked at Job, the devil took Job's health. 
killed his children, took his wealth, and still was not satisfied. You know why? He did not hit jackpot. His plot was not, he does not gain anything from taking Job's health. He does not gain anything from taking Job's wealth. He does not gain anything from killing Job's children. They will never be his. The only thing he will gain is if Job turns against God, then Job will become his own. It's a soul market. That's all he's looking for. So this passage says, in all these things that has happened, it says, who shall separate us from what? The love of Christ. So tribulation is useless if it doesn't separate me from the love of Christ. Distress is useless if it doesn't separate me from the love of Christ. Persecution is useless. Whatever it is, as long as it does not succeed in separating me, that's the victory. So, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. You know, we read our Bible. We read the New Testament. You see the, the apostles and how they lived. Some were killed, you know, some were, you know, all kinds of things. So when you read it, you see, you begin to see what the real victory is. It is that these men, in spite of those experiences, they stood faithful to this Christ. Praise the Lord. So quickly, you know, because he said that love there, and we talked about it on Sunday, I want us to just briefly, you know, just touch on it as, as much as we can. If we go further down, Ted 7 tells, this is... What makes us more than conquerors? He says, is the love Christ has for us. 39 says, uh, not hide, not death, not angels, not principalities shall be able to separate us. So, this love, we said on Sunday, that this love is three-faceted. It is the love that God has for us. Love from God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Then the love we have for him. Because it says, as many as received him. Okay? He gave them the power. Then there is the love that we love because of him. Now, you hear something like this and you want to say, I love God. I love you. I love you. If you achieve that, that's okay. Hmm? But this love we are talking about is not feelings. Praise the Lord. It's not a feeling. It's a love of understanding. Just like you learned now that you are to be witnesses. Okay? This is what the Bible says. Second Corinthians 5. Let's look at that first. 14 and 15, it says we judged us. For the love of Christ compels us because we do what? We judged us that if one died for all, then what? All died. This love we are talking about is a love of judgment. Is a love of decision. It's not a love I feel. It's a love that I have considered all facets. And I judge that he's worthy. Second passage, he died for all that what? Those who live should no longer what, live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. It's a love that is a choice love, a decision love, a commitment love. This is what you understand, and your Christianity begins to have muscles. What did I say? Christianity begins to have muscles. So you should do this business, but love of Christ does what? Constrains me. It's not, I don't feel, no. It's a koro koro. You know, the Bible says, being awake and aware. You know, with your two naked eyes. You say, this is what the word of God says. I don't feel like it, but I do. That is the love that I'm talking about. It's not the love of feeling. Okay? It's a love that is a choice. It's a love that is a decision. It's a love that is a commitment. And that commitment is to him. So, it changes everything about you. Ah, let's go, let's go and do this. 
And on the surface, there's really nothing wrong. You know, you can't explain to your friends why you can't go and do that. But the love of Christ will check you and say, you can't do that. And you say to them, I can't go. What you're doing then is that you're loving him. You're being constrained by that love. You're being held by that love. Why is that so? That's the same way our God loved us. We learned here some time ago that the love God has for us. Why does God love us? Can anybody answer that? Why does God love us? The songwriter sang and says, I know no waiting I do. will make you love me so, Abby. <laughs> Deuteronomy 7, verse 7 and 8. Let's read together, everyone. The Lord did not set his love on me, nor choose me, because I was better or more than any other people. For I was indeed what? Verse 8. This is why he loves me. This is the part that confused me in this scripture. But... Because the Lord loves you. So he loves me because he loves me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he chose to what? So now, all those arguments Christians engage in. Why should I do this? Why should I do this? Do it because you love him. Hallelujah. There's an issue now. Thank God I've been telling people here that Titan is not. So, you see, the truth is this. Titan is Old Testament. But like Pastor Moody said, in the Old Testament, they don't buy diesel. How much are we buying diesel per month now? Eh? No, how a volume about one point. So tell me now the information. I don't know. Two point four million diesel, only diesel, only diesel a month. So when they say giving to God, forget who is stealing and who is uh, arguing and all of that. It's because you love Him. What He's doing for you is because He loves you. He says. You know, I, I read that place. Say the Lord does not love you because you're more than the others, because you're this. I won't ever say to tell me why the Lord loves me. He said he loves me because he loves me. <laughs> so why am I giving? Because I love him. Why are you not giving? It's because you don't. I didn't say that. Too. Hallelujah. You're coming, you're enjoying the ACs, you're enjoying all of that. We fixed one of our generators now, almost two million. Okay? So, but you're enjoying it. And you're happy. If it's not working, you'll be doing like, <laughs> you know. But you're just enjoying somebody's scholarship. A fellow human being like you. Someone who lives in Nigeria with you. At the throne room, we're praying that let's zeal for the Lord return. I remember as a Christian, we used to go to church and leave our cars there. Not the worst car, the best car that we went to church with. And give it to God's work. Or give it to the pastor even. And just go home happy. But you see, the, the hearts of men have grown cold. Give land, properties to God's work. Not because the preacher preached, you know, bring it and God will double it. No, because I love him. Praise the Lord. Because I love him. You see, when you love, it makes you do crazy things. Praise the Lord. I've told you, but you people like hearing story about Momichi and I, right? Yes. When I knew this girl has stolen my heart was when me, Amy, used my money to buy gold and give her. I said, I'll follow that gold. <laughs> and you know, she's not materialistic. She was not interested in anything like that. But I just said, ah, no. My colleague was, you know, brought gold. And they were talking to those who had wives. I said, I don't have wife, but there's this babe. I think she's deserving of gold. After I bought the gold, I followed the gold. <laughs> Love 
do it because you what? Love him. Give to God because you love him. Because what he's doing for you. He said, for God so loved the world. Why did he love the world? Because he loves the world. Why do we serve the Lord? Because we love him. Why do you come and sweep the floor? Because you love him. Why do you come to, for choir rehearsals? Because you love him. Why do you keep a good testimony in the office? Because you love him. You don't want to bring disrepute to the name of your God. Because you love him. Why are you respecting, submitting to your husband and honoring him? Because you're doing it as unto the Lord. Eh? The man might be coconut head. Because you love him. That's simple. Why do you go through trials and endure? Because you love him. The Apostle Paul says the love of Christ does what? It constrains me. It compels me. Let's rise on our feet. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.